with the European season in full effect, we talk about everything that's going on over there, as well as giving our predictions for the top four in the Premier League and the other big five leagues in Europe on today's episode of the Final Third Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Final Third Podcast. My name is Ajis Bura. I'm one of your co-hosts. It is Monday, so it's our news and predictions episode where we talk about the biggest news on and off the pitch in the soccer world. We got a lot to talk about, but firstly, the three teams that I like to call my own, some of which have played this past weekend, is Minnesota United, which given the personnel, uh, let's say, Win all right. uh, restrictions, yeah. I'd say it went as expected. Yeah. Unfortunately, we lost 43 to Colorado Rapids. Uh, West Ham United, which also given the res- their you know personnel restrictions and a certain player on the other team that might be just a game breaker this season, I felt pretty confident after that game. And the U.S. Men's uh, National Team, U.S. Women's National Team as well, I should say, which uh, uh, given all the, the European uh, players that came back into the season ready to go, I was very, very excited about that. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jack. Jack, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm getting ready for a vacation in uh, just yes. over a week, which is going to be great. Uh, going to be away from the internet, maybe, because I'll be on a cruise, ideally. But uh, I am a fan of Chelsea, which went well. I'm a fan of Minnesota United, which I don't know why I stayed up till 1130 to watch that. Yeah, that, because that, that, I, that, that, that's that, that exactly how I thought it was going to go after the <laughs> 90 minute lightning delay. Uh, I'm also a fan of uh, Atalanta. Preseason has not been going well. It has not actually. It at is all. not. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not too confident about them going into the season, but I'm still going to be supporting them, of course. And I'm a fan of the U.S. and French national teams, as well as shouldn't leave this out. Minnesota Aurora, because. One of their players yes. has signed a pro contract playing in Portugal. I believe second, maybe second division in Portugal. Morgan Turner, who was yes. very good for Minnesota very, very this past season, very reliable goal scorer, uh, is going pro in Portugal. So very cool to see that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it on our list, but I thought, you know, worth mentioning because that's, that's very cool that's going fun. from, yeah. you know, the local amateur women's club up to that pro level. That's just a cool transition i think so congratulations to morgan turner on that because that's awesome yeah i mean i mean speaking of just amateur uh leagues on the men's side at least the a bunch of the amateur leagues actually wrapped up their seasons in their Mm -hmm. finals just this past uh past couple days so yeah in the usl league two ventura county fusion are the league two champions uh in npsl i believe uh yeah, FC Motown won. Mm-hmm. And for the UPSL, I believe that was actually just happening, but I, I believe that was, yeah, Orange County FC won that. So a lot of uh, a lot of California, Ventura County is California. FC Motown is distinctly Detroit. not California. That's Detroit. That's yeah. gotta be Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know there's there's actually there's actually a chance because I think a lot of these teams played New York teams, and there's a chance that it would be three New York teams winning uh, the, the finals for these three leagues. And obviously, 
that did not happen unless not happen. unless ventura county's for some reason in new york state but i, I highly highly doubt that so yeah i don't know that's that's always cool to support local soccer it's always called cool to talk about any kind of soccer because soccer is a fun sport that we'll be talking today because there's a lot of things to get through uh the, the european season just kicked off we still have transfers that are happening we're gonna give some quick fire predictions on the top uh five leagues in europe before that jack we have been tweeting a lot recently you know tweeting about some of the games tweeting about some of the news where can people find those tweets they can find us on twitter at final third show uh, especially with the season kicking off, a lot of tweets popping off there. So, yeah, it, it'll be a great time. You're going to want to follow us on there for some good takes, some bad takes, and as always, hot takes, which yes. brings us to the first segment yeah. of the week. Something new. Uh, hot take of the week. AJ, you know what? I've started it off the past few weeks. Oh, man. Why don't, why don't you start us off with a hot take? I know, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot because you distinctly said... You did not have one. So let's see. Let's see how the debate uh, kicks in here. All right. You really put me on the spot because uh, like literally until about two seconds ago, I did not have one. But I just came up with one on the All spot. Right, and it's go. something I actually believe and I've been thinking a lot about. And it's that I think this might be a really hot take. I think MLS has too much parody. Okay. And, and when you look, you know, there's a lot of different winners every single season right you have you know some dynasties that come and go dc united comes to mind la galaxy most recently toronto fc and the seattle sounders but i think the overall lack of not super teams but very distinct tiers within the teams and within the league does more of a disservice than it does a service to the league itself Right. And I was listening to Allocation Disorder, uh, another soccer podcast focusing particularly on MLS. And the, the two hosts agreed with that. And, and it's something that I have really held close to my heart that I've gotten a lot of flack for in MLS spaces. And I think it's good that you have parity, you have a salary cap that maybe makes it so even bad teams after a couple seasons can rise up to the upper echelons of the league. But it's gotten to the point where you can watch you know, a, a random slate of weekend games. And there's no real narratives going into those games because you don't really have teams that are expected to win, right? You expect, you know, certain teams that are doing really well, like the Seattle Sounders, to win their games. As we've seen from this season, the lack of salary cap space has hampered them because they put so much time and effort into the Champions League. And so teams that did so good last season, right? Seattle Sounders, uh, New England Revolution. Uh, I'm blanking on the other uh, top top teams uh, in the West and the East. Uh, Philadelphia? But, yeah, Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia is still doing good. They're usually going to be good. But even uh, you can look at you know Colorado and all these teams. They're not doing well this time around because, you know, Parity is such a heavy thing that there's not much of a differentiator between the teams at first place and the teams at eighth place. And that is both literally in terms of points when you look at the middle of the packs, but also just in general, who's going to finish at, at, at the top in MLS Cup? Who's to say there is no real favorite outside of for the first time in like since I'd say like 2017, 2018, you can look at LAFC being 
maybe the first super team dynasty-esque team and when you have like this lack of parity what ends up happening is you don't really get people who are neutrals who are fans of just like regular teams tuning into other teams because well why should they care right the soccer is not compelling because there's no narrative to weave into people's minds about like oh this is a good team they're going against this underdog you know th there's not a, a compelling narrative and b if it's not involving their team then without another incentive they're just gonna watch their own team how is a portland timbers fan going to care about a sporting kc game against let's say houston dynamo at 9 p.m on a saturday when you know it's not going to affect them because even it, even if someone wins in that game you know it, it's not going to affect portland timbers chances at the end of the day because you know portland can sneak in at sixth place in the west and still win the entire league and yes, it is fun for your team when they win, but for a neutral perspective and for uh, a, a person who's just getting into MLS, I see no reason why you should really care about the league unless you are a super soccer nerd, right? Without without real narratives on who is good, who is bad, I can watch this game and I say, and I can see this is the underdog, this is the overdog, whatever you want to call it, then it's really hard the for- favorite. Yeah, a favorite. I like overdog. I think that, okay. that should be okay. a, the new term. All right. I, I, I just I just think that MLS can do a lot better looking at, you know, the NBA or the NFL or even the other soccer leagues. There's much better narratives that pull people in that the long hot take. But I, I, I've been thinking that forever. So, yeah. OK, OK. Uh, it's definitely a hot take. I don't necessarily agree. I, I think that it can be good, but I understand that, you know, it can be tough to get into a local team. Yeah, that, that's I mean, fair. J Jack, why should anyone watch a Chelsea versus Burnley game if that, if that were to happen? Well, they, they don't have really to good. anymore. Burnley's in the championship. A, a, a Chelsea versus, I don't know, a Bournemouth game, right? Because Bor Bournemouth have beat, have, uh, Chelsea haven't beaten Bournemouth in a few years now. So there you yeah, go. And, and that's they surprising should. because... Chelsea are usually very, very good, and Bournemouth are an upper incomer. So to see those two narratives coincide with each other because there is a team to beat and a team to uh, prove themselves, it turns into very compelling TV. And okay. that's not the case with, let's say, Houston Dynamo and LAFC game. The only reason why I'm going to watch that. I think that's a good one. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, good. yeah, sure. Okay, maybe not LAFC. That's a bad. That's a bad example uh, <laughs> due to the recent signings. Yeah, but a Philadelphia Union versus Houston Dynamo. You have to really dig deep and to find, you know, uh, some some narratives. You could look at the U.S. men's national team development in Philadelphia Union. You can try to come up with a a, a good narrative for, you know, Philadelphia Union has to push for a support shield, but it doesn't matter because they can still just win the MLS Cup even if they get third. Like, what's the difference between first and fourth? I don't know. I don't know. But okay. This is an entire different deep dive that we can get into, but we've already taken enough time with this so jack what's your hot take originally it was going to be that chelsea aren't boring uh i saw your tweet I, about that I, I i i tweeted about that and had some discussions with people enough about it so i'm going with jordan pifak needs to be a lock for the world cup a lock, he a lock. he's I, a lock I, yeah i like i like that terminology because you cannot make the argument very easily that he deserves a place uh, in the debate for like, the three strikers, but a lock, a lock is a different. Lock. Yeah, Who, he's a lock. Jack, Jack, before you begin, 
are any other strikers a lock for you? That's a Jesus very good Ferreira. context. Ferreira right. is also a lock for me. So it's it's Ferreira and Pivac for you, yep, and then the, a, a third flex spot. Yes, okay. yes. I think he's a lock because people like when he was play like in the past, he hasn't always looked the best for the U.S. I'll I'll admit he he doesn't always look incredible for them, but that's not to say that he hasn't scored. His, he like he he's scored an important goal. He's the reason we made it to the Nations League final. You have to remember with that diving header at the last minute of that game against, I want to say Honduras it was. Uh, so he he has the ability to score. He he hasn't shown it in the past few games, but I believe in him. People, after he went to Young Boys and scored a ton, were like, that's the Swiss League, though. It's different. Now he's playing for Union Berlin. He's played two matches for them, two competitive matches, and scored in both. Mm-hmm. It's not... Uh, when. When Pepe went to Augsburg in the Bundesliga, people were expecting a little bit more from him, and he didn't at- deliver as much, and there's still time for that. I, I still think he'll do fine, but Pifok went straight into there and started tearing it up. He, he's, done, he's done pretty well. His positioning's been good. He's been getting a, a, a good, sh- good shots off. He's been creating chances for his team, and Union Berlin, you know, kicked off their campaign with a strong 3-1 win. Uh, in in the Berlin in the biggest match for Union Berlin against Hertha Berlin, where they beat them three to one, that's huge. I think if he can continue to deliver at a team like Union Berlin, who have been pushing for this European competition for a while, he has to be a lock for the World Cup. He has to be. All right. All right. And I I I know that he hasn't been the most productive striker for the U.S. But I, I fully believe in him. I, he is one of my favorite strikers to watch for the U.S. Because I've seen Sargent in the past two games for Norwich. Going down to the championship hasn't made him look better, in my opinion. No. Still does not look great. So I, I think Pifak and Ferreira are locks for the World Cup. But the more surprising and hotter take is Pifak. All right. All right. I, I like that, Jack. At the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter what you do for your club. It matters what you do for, you know, your country, right? That's that's well, why. It, how 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 is he supposed to get into into playing for the country no, if that, he doesn't play well for the club? That's right? why that's why I am advocating for the September window to just be like a striker off. Bring in like your top seven strikers and just like in training camp, in actual games, give them like give them like a half each and just have them just like try to like look good, you know, uh, like. Because outside of PFOC, you know, you know, you, you have Pepe, you have uh, Sargent, you have, you know, uh, Hadjuret might not be in that discussion anymore, you know, but but you have a, a bunch of other strikers that could potentially make it. Who knows? Who knows? All right, okay. Jack, let's get into uh, some of the other news stories. Uh, before that, uh, join our FPL League. I know I didn't actually create it uh, pretty much in time at all. Uh, so if you're still interested in joining a game week in I think your points still carry on if you have been doing it since the first uh, game week. Do, yeah, yeah. Uh, join it. Link will be down uh, below. Uh, also, I'm going to the MLS All Star Game on Tuesday or the the Skills Showcase. So if you're going to that uh, and you see me, say hi 
and it's, it's really cool to see everyone in Minnesota this upcoming week to celebrate the festivities. I won't be going to the actual All-Star Games. I don't have that kind of money, but I got free <laughs> tickets to the, the Skills Challenge, and I'm never going to turn that down. It'll be a very fun time. Very excited to go, and I'll keep everyone updated on what happens there live from Allianz Field. All right, Jack, the new European season has kicked off uh, in terms of the major leagues, uh, Bundesliga, uh, Liga uh, and the Premier League are the three leagues that have kicked off La Liga and uh, Syria soon to be soon to be but we have some interesting moments that have happened in the past couple of days in terms of these leagues uh, let's start off with the very first game of the Premier League season Jack or not very first uh, very very first or was this the very first no no no, no. which full, full on Liverpool was second Second, yes. All right. First of a Saturday slate of games. There we go. There we go. Fulham versus Liverpool. Jack, Mitrovic has that dog in him. Would you not agree? Yeah. Uh, and I'm still upset because when we were stopped at Jollibee on the way back from Chicago, <laughs> I was making my team and I was like, I was, I'm thinking about Mitrovic. And you're like, no, he never scores in the Premier League. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be bad. And look at what happened. Look at what happened. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing with James Ward-Prowse, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm convinced you sabotaged. Amen. It's, it's sabotage, Amen. man. Who, who has more points now? That's right. It worked, uh, didn't Because it? of the sabotage. Yeah, know, because of the sabotage. Exactly. Yeah, that's what it is. Exactly. It's not because Kane is garbage right now, but that that's fine. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I, 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 that's what I should have done. I I, I, sh- I did try to tell you to, to put in Holland instead of Kane, and I was like, oh, you know, you, you can, like, switch between the two. It'll be easier, you I'm know? going to switch to Holland this okay. next week. That he Kane is out of here. No yeah. Spurs, bro. All right, all right. But yeah, Mitrovic has the dog in him. Uh, Liverpool, who was second place last year in the Premier League, drew 2-2 two to two at Craven Cottage. Craven Cottage, by the way, great atmosphere in that game. But I think Mitrovic is the main story of this game, right? You know, uh, Sala and Nunez, you know, did fine, did great. You know, it's still the, the first uh, week of the season. But Mitrovic, after, you know, a, a pretty tough go in the Premier League last time, Ended up scoring 43 goals in the championship last season, which is a record in the current format. And it seems like he's broken a new level here in the, in the Premier League. And Jack, uh, there's a one moment that really stands out to me that everyone is talking about on social media with uh, Alexander Mitrovic. And that was when he, you know, he got the brace right, but there was a sequence where he just barreled through Jordan Henderson and absolutely destroyed Virgil van Dyke with a Cruyff turn. Yeah. I don't think it ended up coming to anything, but that's like the kind of like physical prowess that was, you know, there before, but seems really refined now. And that's really scary to see, especially for a promotion team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I was watching that van Dyke kind of looked like Phil Jones at times during this game. It was, yeah. it, was it was a little bad. Like Dude, he, F- Fulham were kind of dicing them. That was crazy. Yeah. It, Fulham fully deserved the, if not a win, a draw at least. They deserved yeah. something from this game, so I'm glad they got it. Uh, I would also like to restart my campaign of Trent can't defend um, because it happened again. Wow. <laughs> it, 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 ha- it happened in the Community Shield. This is a continuous pattern. He he always loses his runner on a far post. He never he never sticks with it, it, it defending back there. I I'm I'm starting it, but Mitrovic just was all over. He 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 got the better of Van Dyke multiple times, one of which drew him a penalty and then he converted the penalty like he Mm -hmm. like you said, 
He's got that dog in him. He he did it, dude. He he oh, more than any other striker that I've ever seen in the Premier League has such a dog. His, his expected dog per ninety is unbelievable. I I might I'm kind of tied up with uh, Jesus and Holland for my FPL forwards, but I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, yeah. If if he keeps up like this and Gabriel Jesus keeps blanking, I don't know. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean. Hey, speaking of Jesus, he didn't score uh, against Crystal Palace, but oh. Arsenal did get a pretty emphatic 2-0 win over them. Uh, I, I think the highlights in terms of players have to be that back line. Zinchenko, the new signing from Arsenal, was very, very creative. He got the mm-hmm. assist uh, on the first goal. First goal, yep. yeah. With a header uh, across. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, Saliba, Saliba? Saliba. Oh, man. Yeah. Saliba. All right. That's what I thought. He was a beast. Uh, White and Gabriel also held their own pretty, pretty well. I was very happy with uh, how Arsenal seemed to be lining up, uh, lining up now. Jesus, of course, didn't really get uh, involved on the score sheet yet, but, you know, you got to give it time, I think. Uh, but what really made me happy about this game was, Jeff, we have not talked about Thomas Partey yet, uh, but he for sure was the story of this match. I, I don't know. This is on Friday. I don't know if you were able to to catch the game. I did, yes. And I Good. heard some chants in there. I heard some chants. I heard a lot of boos. Every time mm-hmm. he touched the ball, you could just hear the in the entirety of Sellers Park just booing him. And this comes off the heels of, of a current investigation into an unnamed North London footballer on the allegations of sexual assault. And that unnamed footballer is said to be Partey, right? A mm-hmm. midfielder for Arsenal. I think uh, the investigation's been going on for a couple months now. and Since June, I want to say. Yeah. And, uh, of course, we have kind of an unspoken policy that we don't really talk about that kind of stuff until it's more or less confirmed, either by name or... I, I, mean, I mean, at this point... I mean, it, some, someone legitimately posted text conversations yeah. with him, and they were pretty bad yeah and so i i feel like it's it it seems like it is him it it Mm -hmm. is him yeah and and jack how do you feel about the protests about this there's also a plane uh flying above sellers park saying uh kick rapists off the pitch uh and that happened you know uh right before the match kicked off so how how do you feel about these kinds of protests and crystal palace kind of even I, mean, I should say Crystal Palace and Arsenal fans banding together because that plane uh, with that message was was funded by by Arsenal fans. So what do you say about that? That's great. Uh, I agree. You know, if Arsenal should do better and they should, it, I, I think just as a general rule, if a player is under a an investigation like this, they shouldn't be playing. It doesn't matter how advanced that investigation is. They shouldn't be playing while it's going on. Uh, yeah. I think I think Arsenal are sending the wrong message with all of these signings and like uh, and like some fans getting excited for the first time in a while for an Arsenal season. This is not the message they want to be sending. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, he should be suspended for by the club because the Premier League isn't going to do anything because they, they barely do anything for anything. Like, they, sure, yeah. They so I I think I think they should do Arsenal should do something. They should do better in this situation, mm-hmm. and he shouldn't be playing until that investigation concludes. Right. Yes. Arsenal fans who 
you know, funded that banner, uh, spoke out saying, quote, anyone who's violent towards women must be held accountable, no matter how important they are to any team success. So I think they agree with you, yeah. uh, Jack, at least at least this uh, section of fans uh, in that. I, I, not to draw like 100% parallels because it, it's hard to draw respectable parallels between uh, sexual assault cases. But in terms of fan response, I have to think about the current Deshaun Watson situation that's happening with the Cleveland Browns. And something that has kind of always kind of stuck out to me is the fact that it's not like England or Europe itself is a it is comparably more progressive than America in in terms of like so these social issues like racism or or gender equality, transgender, LGBT equality. But I always feel like in terms of protesting players doing bad things europe has always been a little bit more outspoken especially in places like england right mm -hmm. I, I i don't know if we're gonna see booze for deshaun watson or if we're gonna no. see widespread uh you know critiques on him from you know nfl fans that are at the same we, we've seen a bunch of you know regular people and nfl fans on twitter speak out against it yeah but, but do you see you've seen outside the browns training facilities lines of people go up to get stuff signed by him yeah and nfl people on tv are defending are defending it like oh yeah the the six game ban is good enough for him this isn't a football pod uh like that kind of football podcast yeah but uh if it was i would say that that's stupid the punishment that he got given yeah but th th that is stupid and they, they the league by giving him a six game punishment has admitted he did something wrong but said uh, six games is enough. Yeah, uh, it, that's garbage. But that, that that's that's as much as I'll say because yeah. it's other sport. But but I, I I still feel like fans aren't gonna like really call that out in the same way as you know even when 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 Zuma uh, mm -hmm. abused the cat right. to this day Manchester City uh, in this game were jeering him because uh, because of what he's done uh, for with animal abuse in the past and that that level of like vitriol and and critique i i don't think it is seen in american sports which i think is an interesting parallel to draw there the biggest thing we've had is people being mad at patrick mahomes for his brother yeah like honestly that's that's like the most sustained anything i i i, I actually disagree with you there i i think the, the biggest sustained like critique of a player like when they're on the field you do know more about American sports. Colin you. Kaepernick, you know that. At oh, least. yeah, yeah, never mind. Okay, yeah, yep, Colin Kaepernick. For the wrong uh, reasons, I feel yes, like. It, it's yes. always for the wrong reasons it's, here. Especially with American football, and that's why we are a, a, a real football podcast, yeah. not to draw that line. So Arsenal got that win. Jack, you talked about Manchester United on Twitter. Ah, ha, ha, ha. How, that's not going too well, is it, for them? No, uh, because you can change the coach as much as you want. That's not the problem. The problem is... Your players are not playing like they want to play for the club and the board sucks. Seriously. Yeah. Like we, every single time we, I think every time they've been linked to a transfer that we've talked about, that has not been a defensive midfielder. I've said, it's not a good transfer. Mm -hmm. And look at this. They roll out McFred again in the midfield pivot. And it's it so sucks funny. It's so funny. You're right. You're right. They've had three years, three years Actually, no, I think I saw a statistic. It's been five years since either of them have started on the opening day of the season. 
Uh huh. Five years for them to figure out that they're not the level that they need to be successful. Hey, coincidentally, how long has it been since Manchester United have won a trophy? Five years? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Oh, wow. wow. It's almost like you need a midfield to protect your back line. Yes. So you don't ship a bunch of goals. Uh, I will say Lissandro Martinez looked be- looked okay in this game. In this game, he was creating more than the midfield, which is not what Manchester United want to see. Uh, but yeah, Manchester United, the players are not good enough, and the board still sucks because they're spending on transfers that don't make sense. They spent all summer trying to get to Jan, and he doesn't even want to go there. They should have pursued targets that actually would have fit the team and want to play there. Like, there's got to be a defensive midfielder who would want to go to Manchester United. There has to be at least one. There, there has to be somewhere. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I think, I, think, I, I think this is exactly what I expected to see happening. I... Hmm. I didn't expect anything else. I And the funny thing is, Brighton needed to score an own goal to make it look close. They needed to score an own goal to make this game look anywhere near close. And, like, United, sure, they, they had some shots. They still generated less XG. Had 63% possession, but didn't do anything with it. Uh, Rashford missed a sitter in, in the game as well. I told I told you I didn't trust putting Rashford in my FPL team. Uh so there is that, but yeah, that yeah. was it was it was not a good performance from United. Yeah. Uh the, I my favorite thing is uh are you familiar with uh the Twitter account United Trey? Uh yes, yes, very much so. Very the, much so. The Jinx so. man, the Jinx man. Uh because he he tweeted uh Oh, I need I need to find it, but uh, he he had tweeted something like uh, like you aren't ready for the Ten Hag era. It's time, <laughs> and then immediately you get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I I think I think it's uh, I think it's funny that it always corresponds with that. Yeah. You know? So 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 you're not saying that Ten Hag is necessarily. The, I mean, I don't think anyone's saying that Ten no, Hag no. is the issue. But He's it, in one it, game. It, yeah, it, it's it's a lot of the the underlying player problems that have been persisting mm-hmm. since forever. Yeah, and also Ronaldo. He clearly yeah. doesn't want to play for United, and he's going to be a toxic locker room presence in there because he doesn't want to play for the club. And because he's Ronaldo, players are going to follow that example, and it's going to create more problems for them. I I think United are in for another rough season. Uh, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, losing two to one to Brighton's always uh, sucks. I apologize for uh, my dog Bowie if he is making a, an appearance uh, in this episode, as he always does when I record at home. Uh, never, uh, I'm never getting a, a dog if I'm going to continue uh, recording <laughs> stuff for uh, podcasts and videos. Uh, but yeah, I mean to to give credit to uh, Brighton because obviously Manchester United sucked, oh, but it's Brighton were great. Brighton were great. Uh, Graham uh, Potter deserves so much credit uh, uh, for for this game in particular, uh, uh, particularly because I think he's a great manager. And if Brighton do well, I think he will be the reason why. To me, he's like he, he it, once England you know eventually move on from Gareth Southgate, whether that's uh, next year or a couple years down the line. I think he is a really good pick because be, I yeah. think his ability to work with what he's got and man manage is really underrated. Everyone on this team knew what to do 
this and this is despite losing some stars, Basuma and Cucurella. And this is their first win period at Old Trafford. And so to to get this emphatic of a win despite the challenges, really, really good from Brighton, especially Graham Potter. Yeah, and I, I think he's a great manager. You know, when Lampard got fired before we, we got Tuchel, I, I, I believe I said I wouldn't have minded Graham Potter as a manager because he he's he's very good. And, you know, Brighton had their best ever season last time around. I think they got uh, ninth place last season, I want to say. I wouldn't be shocked if they pushed for Europe like throughout throughout this. I wouldn't be shocked if they were up there competing for a good amount of the season, despite losing their two best players. So, yeah, that. All credit to Brighton, but it also is just funny to see how bad Manchester yes. United are still looking. Yes. We also had some good results for U.S. men's national team debuts. Jackie already mentioned PFOC, but I thought that Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson for Leeds when they beat Wolves was also very good. Aronson was involved robbed. In, in the first goal and in the second goal. It was originally uh, uh, Jack Harrison assisted to him, I believe, and, and no, it was it was Bamford uh, to Aronson and end up uh, being an own goal uh, credited to Wolves, even though everyone was claiming that it, it was an Aronson goal. And I got really excited because Aronson is in my uh, FPL team. And you but, posted uh, on Twitter about it, too. Yeah. Hey, to be fair, I, I, I was responding to your tweet saying that it is an Aronson debut goal. So I was just excited. I was just excited. OK, but okay. unfortunately, it was an Aronson goal, but he was definitely one of, if not their best player uh, for this entire uh, entire game. So a 2-1 to win for the Jesse Marsh Leeds United team. Very, very good. Jack, Erling Holland is a good player. True yeah, or false? He is. Yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. Yeah. All right, he is a good player. Test. Manchester United updated the software on, on Holland yeah. quicker than we expected. Uh, Which is crazy because I wouldn't think that United would be doing that. I thought that City would be doing that. Did I say United? Oh my yeah. god. City. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're, you're right though. Like the, the robot has been updated. You know, the mechanics uh went in. They, you they, know. they they missed the interview patch. Uh yeah. they missed that. Yeah, he, still... he, did, did he end up like accidentally swearing? Twice, yeah, in Twice, the interview. Yeah. Man. He said it once and then they said, Ooh, don't do that. And it, and then he said it again. And it was like, Yeah, they, they they've got to patch that in. That that's the next yeah, patch, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, this is that that's update like thirteen point oh point one. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's minor bug fixes, minor bug right, fixes. Right. But the major bugs, like missing sitters potentially against Liverpool, have been largely yeah. solved. Uh, Manchester City went to London Stadium, uh, faced my team West Ham, and it's Erling Holland. It is Manchester City. They're gonna they're gonna stomp on a lot of teams. So to. To get away with a, a just a two to zero scoreline, despite also having one healthy center back, Jack. It's it's still it's it never ends, Jack. It never ends. The center back for Oscar West Ham, I yeah, think, it, is relatively. It really doesn't, does it? Yeah, I think it's I think it's relatively okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Aguero got injured like almost as soon as he got transferred to West Ham. Didn't uh, he? Yes, he got injured in a uh, in a friendly, and he'll be out until after uh, the World Cup break. Oh. And Diop might be on his way out, and we're looking to replace him and get an actual good center back. Ogbana obviously is still coming back from injury, so 
really hoping he's coming into play here. And Dawson, I don't even know where he is. I don't, I don't know where Dawson is. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't he's know. not in the squad. He, he's, he's on, on vacation kid. still. He, yeah, he's fun. he's still... I don't even know. I don't even want to talk about him. I want to talk about Holland, though. Because, oh boy, does he have the ability to be good. And one of my hot take predictions from a couple of weeks ago was that I thought that Kane and Vardy were going to score more goals than him up until World Cup break. Not looking good on that. It's not looking good. We are just one game in. But, but he already has a two-goal head start. <laughs> he does have a two-goal head start. The only way that I can see him like slowing down is if, you know, Metro City do have those planned breaks for him if he gets a knock. They're not going to rush him at all because they have the quality. Or if he has like a kind of rough patch of games, they will be very slow and steady with him, which I don't think is the case with Leicester City and Tottenham for Vardy and Kane, respectively. But... When you look at, you know, he scored a penalty, but the main, you know, the main gift that we saw was that second goal where he had such incredible speed to beat the defense of West Ham and put away a through ball from Kevin De Bruyne. He's huge, but somehow he's also faster than anyone that's smaller than him. Like the physical prowess is insane. And he looks so scary too when he does it. Like it's like a horror movie seeing him like run. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, my question, Jack, is like, how do 95% of teams deal with Manchester City without just having to bunker down? Because five minutes after West Ham began to open up and attack and look decent, City scored because Kevin De Bruyne and Holland are just going to exploit space like nobody's business. Jack, how do we, what what do we do? How do we stop this? What do we do? I hope he's injured when City are playing against you. (laughs) That's. That's what it looks like the only way. Uh, Otherwise, you've got to, like, try and mark him out of the game. But even then, you need a quick center back. Yeah. Like, I I am worried when Chelsea play City because our center backs are all over the age of 30. Uh Uh-huh. The the combined age of Chelsea's back line, like our three center backs, is is over 100. 100. It is over 100. That's bad. Uh, Because 38, 33, and 31. Uh Uh-huh. So... Yeah, I'm. I I think Koulibaly has the best chance of catching up to him, uh, which you know maybe could work, but yeah. it's still Holland. It, it, otherwise, it, like you just take a bunch of fouls, like just sub in center backs, but Chelsea can't do that. Yeah, uh, just sub in center back and just keep fouling until they get a yellow card, sub them out, and then get a new center back in. I, I but even know. but even then, like you have Holland, right? You could you could try to mark him out the game, which is de- you know definitely possible. Mm-hmm. But then to his right and left, you have Phil Foden and Jack Grealish, and behind him is Kevin De Bruyne and Gundogan. Like, like I, I, I just don't understand if Manchester City like find a good groove, and th- there's no, and like teams can't find a specific strategy to deal with them. Oh boy, I don't yeah, know. there, were, there. Uh, I know, I know. This is for later, uh, but they're they're gonna win the Premier League. They're they're going to. That's such a hot take, Jack. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say. It, it, I don't think so. They're, they're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, so very good from Holland. Definitely, I, I want to see like how he progresses in terms of how often Manchester City utilize him because we know that Pep Guardiola likes to rotate his players. It's one of the things that he values is keeping players fresh, You know, picking the best players for specific teams, which might not always be like the quote-unquote best player overall. And so... Are they going to play him week in, week out? 
Are they going to try to keep him fresh? I'm sure they're going to play him a lot after the World Cup break when every other English striker is tired. So who knows? Who knows? I, I think that's going to really dictate how we view his success in this first season of the Premier League. Other fun things, including legacy and being good, is Lionel Messi, who led PSG to a 5-0 win over Claremont Foot in the opener of Liga, including a bicycle kick goal on that fifth goal. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I don't have anything to say other than... Uh, also, the wow. assist to Neymar for the first goal that Neymar scored. Yeah. Uh, that was a nice assist. And, you know, everyone was like, last season was like, oh, Messi's done. He He's not... Is, is this his revenge player. season, Jack? Is this his revenge season? Maybe it is. Uh, he he looked really good uh, th this this opening game. Like, yes, it was against Claremont Foot, which is not the strongest French team you can face off against. But, I mean, let's be real. Even his bad, bad season last season yeah. included six goals and 14 assists in Ligue 1. Uh -huh. Like, a bad season for Messi is like... a a wor a wor record shattering season for so many other players. So, I I, I think I think it's the re I think it is the revenge tour for him. Yeah, I, I hope mean, so because Messi is still the best player. Very in the very world. good. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see how he does, uh, especially before the World Cups. I'm I'm sure that he and Argentina are gonna go far in the World Cup. Uh, but in the two competitive matches that they played so far, PSG have scored nine goals. Messi has been involved in four of those. And this is a team with the likes of Mbappe. Uh, of not, Neymar. not yet. Mbappe's injured. So. That is correct. Of Neymar <laughs> and others. Right? Hakimi. Like, uh, right? Hakimi is yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah, but so. I, I don't think Hakimi's going to be as like... I know he scored, but you know he's not going to be like the out-and-out <laughs> out goal scorer okay, uh, for them. Enough. But yeah, you, you look at, at Neymar at uh, other players that can score. And he, and he is still... At his ripe old age, still undeniably one of, if not the best footballers on this team in the world. Crazy to see. Crazy to see. Also crazy to see that Bayern Munich is scoring 6-1 to over Eintracht Frankfurt. The only thing I have to say is, yikes to Frankfurt, especially if they end up losing Kostic to Juve. And yikes to anyone that's in the Bundesliga, because we're also going to talk about this later. I, Bayern's gonna win. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're gonna win. PSG's they, they gonna win because of Messi, and Bayern's just gonna win because they have th like the equivalent of a Messi type player where there's dominant over every other team in the league in every single position. Like that's that's just the case. I don't, I don't, Jack, do you have anything to say about Bayern Munich before we talk about them a little bit later on? Bayern are good. That's that's about all you need. Very to Very good, Jack. Very good, yeah. Jack. But it's true. It's true. All right, Jack. Unless you have a a, a stat padding, I you do. Want to, all I right, do. there is let's, there let's is get some, into it. there is a game. It's these are going to be easy because we've talked about a lot of these, but uh, it's it's just for the first week of the Premier League. You know, it's back, so okay. Let's let's see how closely you were paying attention to the games this week. I don't know if at all actually. <laughs> we're, we're, there's five questions plus one bonus point in this, but okay. Uh, we'll 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 get to this. So let's start with this. This one's pretty easy. How many players had more than one goal? Okay. I I do not know of any hat tricks. Uh okay. but we have Mitrovic and Erling Holland that we talked about. A ton of that. Uh oh oh uh Brighton. Uh that was just today. The Gross scored two, I believe. 
Sure. Are there any more? Uh, that, that's a good question, Jack. I'm trying to figure out. I'm going to say that at least two other players scored twice. I'm trying to think Salah didn't score twice. Uh, actually, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go with four players scored at least two goals or two goals. You shouldn't have added on the extra. It was just those three. <laughs> oh, I named them too. That's a, you did. Uh, you did. Gosh, it was just those three though. You you added on the security one, but uh, you know, I would have thought that Tottenham would have had would have had one that sc- a double goal score, but no, yeah, it scored a lot. Four four unique goal scores there. So, uh, but that that's all right. Let's let's see let's see if you can get if you can get this one. How many penalties were given Ooh. in game week one? And you can get and well, I'll I'll wait for the bonus point one on this. Okay, question. Uh, I know Chelsea got one in their one 0 win over Everton. Uh, Holland got one against West Ham. I'm trying to think of the other ones. There definitely were. Now to to add insurance because I'm sure there were more. I'm gonna go with four four penalties. It was three. Three. It was three. Ah, I went too hard with the security. And uh, now you have an opportunity to name the players not that converted the penalties, but won the penalties that for a bonus penalties. Point. Oh, man. Uh, okay. I don't even know. Uh, okay. D- d- didn't Holland win his own penalty? Is that you, one? You've got one. You've got okay. one of three. Uh, Chelsea. Ooh, it probably wasn't Jorginho, even though he scored it. I'm, I'm going to go with, with, with did, did Havertz win it? Havertz did not win it, no. Okay, um, was it Mount? It was not Mount. Okay. You would have gotten FPL points for that. I, that, that is that's actually true, so I shouldn't even thought about that. Uh, uh, who was it? I'm not going to guess It was Chilwell for Chelsea. Chilwell? Okay. And then, who do you think won Fulham's penalty? Fulham's penalty. Uh, ooh, actually, no, I'm, I'm forgetting who it is, but it, it's in my mind. It's in my head, and I'm I'm forgetting who it is. So who was You're it? overthinking it. It's Mitrovic. Okay. All right. Mitrovic. So right. you've got to get all three of these questions to have uh, a better than 50% win rate. That's all right. I'm all just right. here for the ride. Let's go. Let's right. go for it. Who created the most chances in game week one? I, oh, gosh. Uh, I'm going to go with a Tottenham player, considering that they did very well. Do you, do you want a hint on this one? Yeah, sure. It's not a Tottenham player. All right. Uh, okay, so okay, so that takes out one team and leaves you nineteen more. It's all right. It's a Leeds player. It's a Leeds player. Yeah. Don't tell me that it was Aronson. Is it Aronson? It's not Aronson. It's 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 oh. your guy from from Leeds. It's Jack Harrison. It's Jack Harrison, of course. Yep. NYCFC legend. I, I added legend. him in there because you always rave about him. So. Yeah. Should have should have should have gone with him. Should have gone true. with a different MLS product, I guess. That's true. That's true. All right. These last two are about goalkeepers. So, mm. how many clean sheets were in this game week? Clean sheets. And I'll give you a bonus point if you can name all a uh, four. Ooh, he's good. <laughs> if you can name them, I only almost... go with four because you said felt like you said that. Uh, and then I'm gonna go with uh, Chelsea got a, a clean sheet, West Ham got a clean sheet, or not West Ham, Manchester City got a clean sheet on West <laughs> okay. Ham, and Tottenham didn't. Uh, Liverpool did not. United obviously did. Oh wow, this is actually a lot tougher than. It is, uh, isn't it? I, I realized. Also, you did get the first point wrong. Uh, it's not four. It, it's oh, not I, thought, four. I thought you said four. I, w- I, w- I, was going, I was going to say, if you could name four out of five. Ah, uh, 
Okay. It's five. So th- we'll just count this as the as the point, though. If you can right. name four of the five that posted clean sheets. All right. Uh, and then our, our Arsenal got a clean sheet over Crystal Palace, and there's right. one more team that well, I there's am, two more. The, the you know, one more to get the the point apparently. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see. Did okay. No, Everton did get uh shut out. But I already mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wolves game, they that was not a, a clean sheet on the other side. I, I don't think I can get the other one. What is it? You don't want to take a guess? Take a guess. Nottingham Forest. It's so many teams. What? Was it Nottingham Forest? No. No, not Nottingham Fort. Uh, oh, or was it? Or was it Bournemouth? It was one of the promoted teams. Which one are you going with? Oh, gosh. This is actually so cringe if I, if I miss this because. Uh, I'll go with Nottingham Forest. No, that's the wrong one. The, other, the team against them got a clean sheet <sighs> Newcastle and Bournemouth. Oh, week. my gosh. Yeah, you did that's not such pay attention joke. to the first game week. That's I don't such know, a man. joke. Okay. I mean, first of all, First of all, it's a very high, like high bar for paying attention. The fact that I got like most of these right, but I just didn't get the threshold. I think speaks well to how well I've known okay. these games. Okay, let, let's see if you can get one actually correct here. Okay, which goalkeeper had the worst save percentage with zero percent this week? Zero percent. Zero percent save percentage. Okay. Well, also this question is unfair because I, I like you can watch games and you could still not know like. Save percentages. <laughs> That's why it's the last one because this is the toughest one. Yeah, I mean, I don't even. Can I have? Can I have like a mini hint? A mini hint? Yes. Um. They they conceded more than one goal. More than one goal. I want. I almost want to say Ariola, even though I mean defensively West Ham were terrible. Uh, did play against Holland. To be fair, is true. Is true. I'm gonna go with. Do, 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 do. Uh, I'm gonna go with Southampton's goalkeepers because they went against Tottenham just to try to take a guess in the in the dark. I tried to lead you to the water. It is our Areola. Man, I tried to suggest Man. it to you. I was like, he did play against Holland. He yeah, had a zero percent save okay. percentage all after right, being right. subbed on. Uh, by the way, Fabianski's injury, is it bad? Is it bad? I don't know. It looked like a knee injury, but that's, that's not why good. You, that's that, really that, not good. That's why you have two good goalkeepers. Well, so. not right now, apparently. He's, he is statistically the worst goalkeeper in the first week. Yeah. yeah Just got to say. That's true. That's true. Uh, but Southampton's goalkeeper actually had a 65% save percentage. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not, not too bad. Uh, could have done better. Yes. But obviously Gavin Bazunu. Young Irish goalkeeper. Over five, right. Jack. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm over pretty, five. Uh, not only ways up from here. So I, I think yeah, there you uh, go. I'm there pretty you happy go. with that result. And also only- because I, th- I think all of my answers, like the fact that I was able to name like the, the shutouts, uh, I was able to like keep everything. My obviously, I'm thinking about the Premier League to defend my ball knowledge for half a second. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Jack, one of these well, days, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn around on you. And I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna bring back uh uh I'm forgetting what the old, the old uh uh stat padding where I used trivia to ask you Jack. Questions. That's the trivia, one. Jack. Yeah. Yes, I'm gonna bring that back. I'm like Jack, name all the Premier League winners, and you're not gonna be able to get it. Uh, 
that's that's easy. You've got like every single year's winner. Yeah, like like, like the champion of the Premier League from nineteen. Oh, okay. No, I can't do that, but I could name all the exactly, winners. Exactly, bro. Exactly, because bro. You, you've got United, you've got Arsenal, you've got Blackburn Rovers, you've got Liverpool, you've got City, you've got Chelsea, and that's it. Six or Leicester, seven. There's been seven winners. Okay. okay. There you go. You're missing one, West Ham United, 2023. So. <laughs> uh, it's not off to a good start. It's not, it's not off to a good start. All right, Jack, let's move on to some general quick fire predictions of the top four leagues, starting with uh, everyone's most popular and maybe favorite league, the Premier League. Uh, your, your top four predictions, Jack, what do they look like? And a, a short, brief, uh, brief explanation on why you lined it up that way. Yeah, uh, first is Manchester City. They're going to win the league, and I feel like it's not going to be close like it was last season. Really? They are, yeah, they are so much better than everyone else in the league. I mean, that is true or true. Like, they, they, they didn't even have to play at, like, 100% against West Ham. All right. They, <laughs> yes, they, yes. They yes. didn't have to. They, that's how good they were. They, they were just on it. This season, I I thought they were super impressive, and I think they are going to win. Holland, I I wouldn't be surprised if Holland wins Golden Boot. You know, he doesn't have to deal with World Cup fatigue as well, which is huge. Uh, and then he's flanked by just world class players. You've got uh-huh. De Bruyne and Gundogan behind him, Mares and Foden or Grealish on the on the left wing. It, it they're gonna win it. I Jack, but before you go on to your next prediction, not that I disagree mm-hmm. with you, but they brought in Calvin Phillips, Erling Holland, and mm-hmm. uh, you can. I don't know if Julian Alvarez is necessarily a game changer, but you you can include him as well. And you know they did lose Jesus, Sterling, and Zinchenko. I think were, were like the three uh, names that really had a, a play in uh, their their run towards the title last year. And, and you still think that they're markedly better than last season? Yeah. They 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 replaced right. they replaced players that they needed to. They 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 didn't they brought in uh you know Foden can already take over for Sterling's spot, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was trading off with Sterling for game for games and Grealish can as well. So that's fine. Uh they replaced Jesus with Holland, which you can you can try and cut it any way. That's an upgrade. That, uh-huh. That's an upgrade. Yeah. And Julian Alvarez behind him. So they added in the striker depth as well. Uh, me, like, could they, 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 they wanted to get Kukurella to replace it. Uh, Zinchenko didn't get him. Ha ha. Chelsea finally beat another team to a transfer. It's a good, uh, it's, it's finally good. Uh, but even then they still have Joao Cancelo playing there who is very good. So, all right. and they still have, they still have three weeks to find a backup left back. Mm-hmm. I think they can do that. All right. All right. So, so, so city's on top. Uh, I also have city on, on top. It's it, like I said before, it's city until proven otherwise. Uh, but I, I think it's a lot closer and I'll, I'll give my explanation as to why a bit later, but uh, okay. Jack, I'm guessing number two, unless you want to pull something on me is Liverpool. It's, yeah, it's Liverpool. Okay, okay. I want I want to say it's Chelsea, but I'm I'm not going to say it yet. Uh, I I feel like they still need one more center back signing before I can 100 percent call it. Right. Like I, I like, like how you turned a, a section about Liverpool into a Chelsea I'm, I, talk. <laughs> you, know, you know I don't like Liverpool that much. Yes, but yes, Liverpool, yes. 
they are still good. The game against Fulham, I will say Klopp's excuse that the pitch was dry is ridiculous. I it's that's ridiculous, man. He needs not not once, I feel like, have I heard him ever come out and say the players need to do a little bit better in this situation, or I my tactics needed to be better. It's always something else. The pitch is too wet, it's too dry, it's whatever i, I put my underwa- underwear on the wrong way today and it messed up everything yeah or we had to, we had to play two games in in one week and that and that's why we lost it it's kind of it 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 i like i think he's a good coach but that side of him just really makes me really annoys me but the fulham game i think is just a hiccup every team has hiccups they still were very good salah is still good Trent, Trent, while he can't defend, can still oh can still create a lot of chances and get assists. Although I needed him to do that for my FPL team this week, that would have been nicer. Uh, <laughs> and you know, the one area that they could still use work on is the midfield. But Tiago's improved a lot after his first season, which wasn't as great as it could have been. He's improved a lot and added a lot to that midfield. And Nunez is probably going to be fine, even though I. Don't think he he looks like the best player. He still clearly is fine and scores. So fine is a a, a very different word than I would say. I still think he's a downgrade from Mane. I'm going to maintain that until proven otherwise. But I think he's a downgrade from Mane. So (laughs) that's why I think Liverpool have taken a slight step back. It's slight, which is why I don't think it'll be as close between City and Liverpool this season. And Jack, I vehemently disagree with you. I think I think Liverpool have upgraded. And to say that uh, that Nunez, first of all, I, I think Diaz is the more like for like uh, my replacement. But even then, to say that Nunez isn't a replacement in terms of output uh, to Mane when he just scored a goal and an assist in his his debut in the Premier League and in competitive games three goal contributions in two games like like he's 23 he is 23 he's going to be a superstar in the making he's proved that uh with benfica in the past 48 goals in 85 games Uh, that's portugal it's portugal and think about all the good players that have come from portugal he like I, I I think I think when you look at the front line, Liverpool have improved. When you look at the pieces they are able to keep, and you look at you know Trent is one year older, just one more year of experience. You have you have the experience that exists with you know Thiago with Henderson in the midfield. This is a team that is basically in my mind one A and one B. Yeah, and you have a our Car Car Carvalho from Fulham. Yeah underrated pickup like i think it's really like one a and one b at this point Klopp system does get the most out of these players and unlike maybe some other teams it, it feels like it's a plug and play at this point where like the the type of player that they get fits right into their system and the there's not as much of a learning curve so it's a lot easier for them to you know get in there jack your third place team third place i still have chelsea i still think they're People after the game against Everton was like, oh, they only beat them 1-0. I'm going to defend that because Chelsea have not won at Goodison Park in five years before this. 
five years. I just so Park. much more about Chelsea. <laughs> Goodison Park has been such a bad place for Chelsea to play. Yes, so yes, yes. to grind out a result there, I think gave a lot of Chelsea fans hope because there are some grounds in the Premier League where we just do not have a good record. Goodison Park is one of those massive ones. Uh, Bournemouth Community Stadium, also not a good stadium for us, uh, has not had some good results in the past. So if we can get a, a win there as well, I'd feel a lot better about this. But Chelsea, Sterling looked good in his debut. I think I think that uh, Cucurella looked incredible oh, in his debut. Good. The passes, pinpoint accuracy on some of those crosses. And it was only because of a fantastic block, I think, from Holgate that prevented Chelsea from scoring an, uh, a second goal in that game. And, you know, I, I think Koulibaly, some incredible defensive play from him. Like, he, his defending, he put his body on the line in, in some of those t- challenges. And Thiago Silva, despite being 38, still looks amazing. As Piloqueta was running up and down, you'd, you'd, you'd think he was 27 if you didn't know he was 33, like, watching him play. Reese James created some good chances. Chilwell had some good, had some good chances, drew a penalty. Uh, and I think, I, 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 I think that this team is going to click and it's going to, and it's going to do well. I don't think it, I think because of the defensive issues, it's still not go not poised to challenge for the title. Right. But I think third place is a pretty likely scenario for them. But I have a feeling you're going to disagree with me on this. I, I am going to disagree with you, not vehemently like I did with, with Liverpool, uh, but I, I do have Tottenham uh, in place okay. of Chelsea for this third place spot. And to me, to me, like, like when I came up with my top four, the top three were like pretty set in stone. I, I think Tottenham, I, I, I love the business that, that they've done. I think Conte has really revitalized the team that needed a strong leader. We've seen like a, We've heard the stories of his very, very tough training sessions. And I think if any team outside of Manchester United needed like a very strong head uh, of the team, it's Tottenham, right? And most importantly, I think he's been given a very long leash and a fat wallet to really get the most out of this team. And you bring in Richarlison when he said himself, the biggest threat uh, to their team was the fact that they didn't have any depth on the forward line. Richarlison, Richarlison is a good player. He played for a bad team, but but he is a is a would be a key player for a, a good majority of Premier League teams. And you have him coming off the bench. I think that's literally, and a lot of people agree with me, one of the most underrated transfers in this entire transfer window in terms of like the the value over replacement and the the expected points that he brings in because he's a depth signing. When you already have Kane, Kulisevsky, and Son on your front line, that unlocks so much potential because you don't have to run Kane, who's going to be at the World Cup, Son, who's going to be at the World Cup. Kulisevsky might not be a, a, a big a big player that you know needs to be coddled in terms of like minutes management, but just that fact that we have Richarlison and you have Eves Basuma when you have uh, a central uh, midfield that can always use upgrading. The one spot that I have slight questions on is the center back spot. They, they did bring in Langlet, but I want to see if I'm a Tottenham fan, a more long-term and established center back to fit in that back three. But you have in like uh, 
uh, Perisic, who didn't start uh, until you got a Sessegnon. Is that how you pronounce it? Sessegnon. Sessegnon. Still very good. I I, I think that's going to be a, a very, very cohesive squad. They proved it uh, this weekend as long as their defense holds strong. So I have them in third because of that, because I think where they existed beforehand in fourth place and where they have upgraded is exactly the weaknesses that they needed to upgrade on. So, yeah. I I disagree. I have them in fourth. Okay. I don't think, I think Richarlison too. is one of the most overrated signings, if I'm being completely That's honest. That's actually crazy. I, I do not rate him as a player. I don't. I, I think he... He carry, he gets carried by a bit of an ego, and he he played well for Everton. Sure, he was the only output for the team, so every single ball was going to try and search for him. I I well, don't well, think he. But, but, but I counterpoint. Think he's but, but, but counterpoint. Like yes, the balls go to him, but what are the quality of those balls? He's like the, his stats are actually hidden because of the fact that the amount of service that he was getting wasn't good. Right, it, I I feel like it's pretty cut and dry that that Richarlison, like pound for pound, is a good player. Mm. I I don't I think there have been far better value signings in in like in a striker position than that than than Richarlison. Like you, you get fifteen goal contributions for uh. For for I don't even know what what his his price was. Uh, fifty five million, I believe. Fifty five fifty five million, proven goal scorer. You have the money, and this is on a bad team where his advanced statistics uh, speak much more highly compared to what you'd expect of an Everton team. I don't know. I don't know. But you can have fourth place. You can have fourth place. Holland was sixty million. I'm gonna say that much. That's how much he cost. So I think. Saying that Richarlison is one of the best what, what, for value. What are the wages? What are the wages there? I don't know, but still, sixty million for Holland is a steal, regardless. But either way, I have Tottenham in fourth, and the reason why is I think I think yes, they they've changed a lot in this squad. I think it could be kind of like a, a similar situation to what we saw with Chelsea when they overwent a ton of changes in one summer. But it's not a lot of changes. There, there, there still are quite. There still are quite a the few. The core like is still there. Bisuma, Perisic, Longley. I, I think. I think it'll. St- it could. It could happen. And also, the center backs just. Ben Davies does not convince me at all. Ben Davies has never convinced me. Eric Dyer doesn't. Clement Longley doesn't. Romero is the only center back in that back what? three I really trust. What about Sanchez? Sanchez had no, a you, ama- can't, you, you can't you can't are you kidding it. me Sanchez had a very good season uh, uh last season to end to end off the the Premier League season last year he had bona fide uh player of the match performances like you can't you can't tell me that that I, I agree with you I think that they need a good center back but 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 the players there are honestly like decent as it is I wouldn't say without a strong center back or at least internal improvement that they would be uh, top three, but that's still like not a bad uh, back line IMO in my opinion. Uh, See here, I I think Tottenham's front line is great. Their midfield is pretty great as well. And then when you get to the back line and goal and Lloris 
is still all right. I feel like he's declined quite a bit in recent That's years. That's fair. That is fair. Like he, they, they probably should have invested in a long-term replacement goalkeeper instead of bringing in, you know, Frazier Forster as their backup goalkeeper, who is 34. I feel sure. like they should have invested more long-term in that position. And I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the defense is going to let them down a little bit. And, you know, playing in Champions League again could hurt them. It did, it did hurt them last season playing in even in the Europa Conference League, right? So I, I think they could get a little burned by, by some of that. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I could see. I could also see them, you know, getting third over Chelsea. I could see it. <laughs> but I also think that I don't, I don't rate them as highly as because at the end of the day, I still think they're Spurs. I still think they see, are Spurs. See, now, now, now you're you're letting your previous biases cloud your. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't not let it. I still think they're Spurs. Jack, do you do you respect Thomas Tuchel's opinion? Yeah. And what would you say when you when you hear that Thomas Tuchel believes that Spurs have quote maybe the strongest team that they have ever built, and he seriously thinks that his club's third place spot from last season is under severe threat hey that's that's fair and it, guess it what it's fair yeah. antonio conte by the way also said that he that he doesn't get why everyone's underrating chelsea because he thinks they have a very strong spot for third place uh, it's all mind games it's all mind it's, games. it's all mind you're games right, you're right you you can't just you can't just take that because conte said the same thing about chelsea all right so all right hey, i i think point. i think if if you're calling city and liverpool tier one chelsea and spurs are tier two Arsenal are just barely, they're probably also tier two. They probably also are. Yes. I still think with all the changes that have gone through, they might struggle a little bit. And also their injuries still don't look great. Like they Arsenal's? Yeah. No, they're, they're too out. Like uh, okay. Tomiyasu is yeah. injured almost all the time. And if they lose, and if Partey isn't playing because of, you know, I don't think he should be. They don't really have a great replacement, right? Right. I I still think Arsenal are good, and I think they they can challenge for for Champions League as well. But I think they're they're I don't think they're going to break top four this season. I agree. I do agree. I do agree with the. It'll fact be that close. It'll I, be close. I, I, you keep on saying, like, "Oh, I don't think it's going to be," and you're going to be. It's going to be close. I'll, I'll draw. I'll draw the line in the sand. I have Chelsea in fourth, but okay. I, I think that Chelsea are a lot closer to not making it in the Champions League and getting fifth place than they are third place. I, I think if we're looking at tiers, one uh, like tier one is City and Liverpool in terms of quality, and then tier two A is Tottenham. And two B is Chelsea and Arsenal, mm. and tier three is United and blah blah blah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Like, I'm not I'm, even sure if United are in tier three at this point, man. Yeah, that, that's that's honestly fair. Chelsea, yeah, I like the signings of Koulibaly and Kukurella. Really like Kukurella's signing, and I think that does a great job addressing the defensive issues. Might need one more, who knows? Especially with you know injuries, blah 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 blah. Keeping Gallagher as well, I think, is a, a cool move. Uh, feels like. Might be like a, a new bona fide signing, and Sterling obviously helps keep the threat moving forward. 
you, you lose Werner and Lukaku, whatever, you know, uh, keep on looking forward, you know, go full on full all sign with Havertz. I still have reservations about Tuchel's attacking scheme, which seems to get less and less advantageous by the day. I still expect progress and process with Chelsea, but there is no, pro there's no promises of linearity with that progress, right? I, I think they're going to be a good team. I think they are a good team. But we've seen from the past that Chelsea have their ups and downs on the way to improvement. And when you have this this change, you, you talk about the, the, the rosters changing, let's talk about an ownership being changed, right? And how, how does the change of the the outlook in terms of transfer fees, in terms of wage bill, how that changes, even, even if it's not as big of a deal, it's still going to shake up the management of this team. And you can see a little bit of uh, downwards temporary trends uh, with Chelsea compared to Arsenal and Tottenham who are in progress with their, with their rebuild. And so that's why Tottenham, I think, are pretty fully realized with, uh, with Conte, at least as of uh, right now. Chelsea and Arsenal, I think, are in that that top four race. And Arsenal, I, I really like who they brought in. You know, Jesus, Sinchenko, attacking midfielder, Fabio Vieira. And most importantly, which I think a lot of Arsenal fans will agree with, they got rid of a lot of their dead weight to open up space for these signings, getting rid of uh, Leno and Lacazette and Guendouzi. You know, if Arteta's process takes shape at all, it'll start materializing this season. So you can expect Chelsea and Arsenal to be fighting for that spot. And when it comes to the process that they are already in with the rebuild, I see Arsenal and Chelsea being in that same spot. That's not to say that Chelsea can pull away, but in terms of where they are right now, I don't think it's crazy at all to say that Arsenal get fourth place over Chelsea. Okay. I, I still disagree because that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I'm still, I, I'm, I, I'm still a Chelsea fan. So it's, it's still going to okay. be it's still going to, but we can, I, I think we, we've talked about a few, a few of the, the transfers in here. So let, let's quick, what, what do you think quick fire relegation? What, what three, what three clubs do you think go down? I think, I think Bournemouth uh, is not a very compelling team, uninspiring play, uninspiring transfers. So I think they go down. I say Nottingham Forest as well, go right back down. I, I, I say Lingard and who. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't think it's a lot of star play. You don't need star play players, but I don't really see a, a good strength coming from them. And, oh, this last one's really close. I think Fulham survive, but the two teams I think are right in the end are Leeds United, actually, and Brentford. I love Adams and Aronson, but Calvin Phillips and Rafinha went to City and Barcelona for a reason. They'll be sorely missed. I ended up saying uh, Brentford go down. I think Tony and... Uh, others overperformed and I just haven't seen enough from them both off the field and on the pitch to really say that they are going to be safe from relegation those are my three okay okay I I I agree on some of those I think Forrest are going down there was a viral clip that was shared of the worst corner routine ever did you did you not see it I did not Okay, so basically, they were playing against Newcastle. They had all of their players around, like, 10 yards from the from the edge of the box. Yeah. And they all ran in as the corner was being served in. Uh, 
the goalkeeper, uh, Nick Pope, I believe, collected uh-huh. it easily because there were no Forest players around him. Uh, it was a wild corner routine. I, mm-hmm. I can't believe, I couldn't believe what I saw. Yeah. Uh, but so I think they're going down, as, which is sad because I want Forrest to do kind of okay, but I don't think they've built a team that's ready to. Right. I think Bournemouth also go down. Like you said, not really the transfers that we would have wanted to see. Yeah, especially for a promotion team. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, Neto in goal from Barcelona, Barcelona's backup goalkeeper. Okay. Eh. <laughs> right. Sure. I, 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 I'm not convinced. The last one I think is tough, and I don't think Leeds are actually in that much danger of relegation. Okay. I think I think they'll be pretty fine. They, Did you say I, Everton? No way, you said Everton. No, no, I I, oh, I didn't okay. have Everton. I we I saw I saw Everton uh, in in the game. I I think they're going to be close to the drop, but I don't think they're going to be that falling, is fair. falling That's through. Fair. I think I could see them finishing like one or two places outside of it. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Southampton or Aston Villa. Actually. Aston Villa, no, I I, I Aston, no Villa way in Aston Villa garbage against Bournemouth against. Against Bournemouth in one game. Yeah, but that was that was still pretty bad. It, it was. I okay. really didn't see much from Aston Villa, but I I don't think Aston Villa are going to. Oh, don't I, I, want, I want you to lock that in. <laughs> I, I think Southampton are. That's that's fair. And the reason is, I feel like their strategy is interesting this transfer window, because they've gone for a lot of young players. It looks like they're going for a sort of full rebuild type thing, which is cool. But that's a risky strategy. Mm-hmm. It's really risky, right? And at this point, like their top goal scorer last season was James Ward-Prowse from midfield, and he's good. Yeah, but good enough to carry them through the entire season. I don't know. Right. Uh, Adam Armstrong didn't didn't have a good season last time around. No more Bro Broya because he's at Chelsea, which by the way looked very good. I want to mm-hmm. see more of him. Uh, but they didn't make a ton of massive signings, I would say. They made some really interesting ones for the future. But I, I just don't think that this team is set up the same way to like really do well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they go down. Otherwise, my other hot take is that Wolves could. But then I looked at the roster and I'm like, yes, they lost Roman Sice, but I feel like they'll still be fine. They'll probably still be fine. It'll be if they're not. I don't think they're top half this season. Okay, I think they're bottom half for sure. Interesting. But I, I'm yeah. I'm really excited for our uh, full on preview of these teams yeah. uh, coming uh, later on this week because you mentioned some teams and I have them a lot higher than I think uh, you will. So I'm I'm really interested to see how this all plays out. Uh, it, it's wild that I'm rating Leeds higher than you are, because you know how much I dislike Leeds. Yeah. So uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Jack, quick fire predictions for the top fours of the other leagues. At most, one sentence for each. Some of these probably don't even need a sentence. Okay. Uh, let's start with the Bundesliga, Jack. Who's your top four? Uh, Bundesliga is easy. Bayern top, right? Mm-hmm. Bayern or Bayern. That is my sentence. Uh, I've got Dortmund at second. Mm-hmm. Slight step back, they'll be fine. <laughs> and then I think after that, 
I'm going to go with Freiburg. Wow. Lost a few good pieces, but I still think they they have a solid core. Uh, goalkeeper's good, so I'll, I'll put them there. Or sorry, no, no, wait. What am I saying? Freiburg's fourth. Leipzig is third. My okay. Bad. Oh, wow. That, okay. That's what, okay. That's what yeah, I meant. That, 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 that makes a lot more sense. I, I was sense. looking at I was looking at, at my notes and I was like, wait a second, this is wrong. Leipzig, Leipzig third, Freiburg fourth. Okay. That, that's what I've got. Okay. I I have Bayern on top. Uh, Bayern until proven otherwise. Yep. I have Dortmund. They, they did are losing uh, a layer who is their new transfer because you know he's going he's going through a little bit of a medical procedure right now. I have RB Leipzig because they were there uh, before and they're getting Timo Werner, so I think that's gonna help them a lot. He played very well for them. Uh, Leverkusen is my fourth pick. Okay, that's it's, it's very very close uh, for me, but but I, I think Leverkusen has a very compelling team compared to. Union Berlin, who who lost uh, their their top goal scorer, I, I think Freiburg is underrated. But I think honestly, like Gladbach might be uh, my secondary pick if I didn't pick Leverkusen. Okay, okay. Spain and Jack. Spain. Uh, first, I'm saying Real Madrid. I'm saying Real Madrid win La Liga. They're still very good. Mm-hmm. They they've only added and gotten stronger. Uh, second. I'm going to say Barcelona depends if they're able to register their players or not. That, that's but, a very big deal. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot of La Liga clubs that are currently register. having issues yeah. with that. So we'll see how all, all that yeah. plays out. Uh, Barcelona can't register. I, I want to say five players. I think Kessier, Lewandowski. They can't register. Uh, Kunde, Rafinha. And yeah. I want to say there's one other that that I'm so missing. So they can't they can't renew five summer signings: right. Lewandowski, Kunde, Rafinha, Kessie, and Christensen. Okay. And they can't uh, register two contract renewals: uh, Dembele and Sergio Roberto. Mm. Yeah, that's not a good position to be in uh, yes. because that's like almost a starting eleven right there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe some of them should have come to Chelsea. We 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 can register them. You know, like that, uh, <laughs> that, that's true. Hey, literally three of those are Chelsea potential signs, exactly. or in the case of Christensen staying there, or yeah, Dembele. Yeah. Uh, there was there's a, a a one day period where Lewandowski was like maybe he's going to Chelsea. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Chelsea would have been a great place. London's better than Barcelona, All probably. Right. Maybe not really, but whatever. Uh, third place. Third Atletico Madrid. Okay. I I I still think they're they're good. Simeone is still a good coach. Uh, yeah, I I'm gonna say they're they're in third. Fourth is tough. I'm gonna say Sevilla still. Or no, I'm gonna say Real Sociedad. Okay. I think Real Sociedad are are, are very good, and uh. Unlike, unlike uh, Sevilla, they've brought they they haven't lost a ton of players that That's are true. like out and out starters. Sevilla lost both their starting center backs, like, and they haven't replaced them that well. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I I think Real Sociedad. Okay, I have Real Madrid on top. It is Real Madrid until proven otherwise. I have Barcelona second. Yes. Uh, they're still going to be a step back, especially with those a lot. You talk about uh, signings, maybe not gelling right away because there's a lot of change. That's definitely a uh, Barcelona. And I think Chavi is going to have a little bit of a sophomore slump just in order to like get everything set up. It's going to be d- difficult. Uh, I have in third place, Atletico Madrid, same reasons uh, as you said. 
fourth place, it really like to me is like a pick out of the hat. And I think, I, I think, think relatively so. Five thirty eight also agrees. They have Villarreal uh, in fourth place, Real Sociedad in fifth place. Uh, for qualifying for the, the, the UCL. Or, or no, no for, for, for an average simulated season. season. Let's look at that. Yeah, Villarreal has 63 points. Real Sociedad, 59. Athletic, Athletic Bilbao, 55. Sevilla, 54. I don't really see Bilbao or Sevilla really uh, making a, a run towards uh, that top four. I'll go with Villarreal just to be different. I don't really have a good justification. I Jared just Moreno. Just say Jared Moreno Jared and move on. That, I think and, that's uh, good. Unai Emery, you still, still there? Yeah. yeah, good email. There you go. You know? yeah. That's all you need. That is yeah. all you need. Jack, how about France go up north a little bit? Ooh, France. Uh, first is easy. It's PSG, isn't it? Uh, I don't, oh, I, I don't see say, uh, Claremont Foot. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think anyone's top win PSG this season. Uh, they're they're on fire from the first game out. Yeah, I I, I think they're going to do it. Second, I'm going to go with Marseille. Marseille okay. have made some really good signings. I've really enjoyed seeing some of them. Their business Veritout is. Fantastic work. Klaus is great. Luis Suarez from Granada. Not not yes, not not, that not, one. Yes, not yes. the Luis, Luis Suarez. Still very good. They're they're gonna do great. I think second place is on the horizon for them. Third, I'm going to go with Monaco. I I think Monaco are looking strong. I also support Monaco, but they've got Mbolo in Minamino. Uh and haven't lost too many players except for Chuamani, but I feel like they they I feel like they can do it. They they've got good center mids behind him, uh, and then I'm gonna. It's tough, but I think I'm gonna go with Leon. I'm gonna go with Leon after that. Uh, I've okay. liked some of the business they've gotten. Tagliafico, Toliso, Lacazette, and Don or and Dombele was earlier. That's right. Uh, but I I think that I think that's good. I I think Leon's good. So yeah, uh, I I would have said Nice otherwise, but Galtier is gone. He's at PSG, so right. I think they're going to drop off a bit. Awesome. I have PSG on first. It's PSG until proven otherwise. Kind of the running theme here. Uh, I'll have Monaco for the exact same reasons that you described, but just a little bit stronger. I'm, I'm okay. just a little bit higher for those reasons, for those signings, really good signings. Third place, I'm going to put uh, Apoli on there. Really like that okay. lack of that signing. He did really well there. It's been a while, but I, I I really rate him there. Marseille, I'll have fourth. Just cause uh, I'm feeling it. I, I I'm feeling it. That, that's as much justification as I can give. Because okay. I I I, I just you, think you don't watch the French league. Yeah. I, th that is true. It's very. They make it as difficult as possible to watch it here in the this states. This is true. And but with all that being said. I, I do like legitimately just rate Monaco and Leon higher than Marseille at this current point of time. Uh, even if I don't have an opinion on Marseille, I do have an opinion on Monaco and Leon. So there you go. Jack, let's round out this episode by talking about the Italian Serie A. This is a very, out of the, the other four leagues that we have talked about, this is, I think is the most compelling most league. Yeah, most yeah. competitive. So who do you have in your top four? You can even talk about who didn't make your top four because I think it's going to be tight. Yeah, uh, I have Inter in first. Okay. Inter look like they're going to boss this uh, this league. Great signings. You know, they've got Lukaku back on a loan. He, he wanted to play for them. That's good for them. They've got Onana in from Ajax. Uh, they've got Mkhitaryan in. 
and Robin Gosens, because he's coming back from injury, is going to feel like a new signing. Yeah. that That's really good stuff. I think Inter make it on top. Second, I'm going with AC Milan. I, I think they... I don't think they've lost any massive players that I can think of. I can't think. Never mind, Cassier. What am I saying? Cassier uh, was a was a was a pretty big loss, but they've brought in some quality players. Florenzi. Uh, I mean, Florenzi was earlier. Divac Origi uh, and Deketelaire. Both are very good uh, signings for that forward line. And if they can get Ziyech as well, uh, that, that that's, that's huge. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and Milan were good last season. Haven't mm-hmm. lost a ton of their core besides Kessier. I think they'll do well. Third, I'm going to go with Napoli. I think Napoli are, like, they looked good last season. At, mm, wait, I almost fell into a trap here. I don't think it's going to be Napoli. Losing okay. Koulibaly hurts. Losing Dries Mertens hurts. Uh, I, I, I forgot about, about some of those big transfers out because those are two huge ones. I'm going to go with Roma third, I think. Okay. I, I think Roma are going to get third. I, I, I think that they can, they can do pretty good. They got Wijnaldum, Dybala, Celic, uh, Matic. Like, there, there are some solid signings in this team. Plus, Jose Mourinho. Uh Still very good. Go. Does well in Italy. Fourth, I think mm, I think Juventus. I think Juventus okay. will do it. Okay. They they need they need a more concrete signing to replace Delict. I think. But and they got they got uh, a Bremer. Yeah, yeah. That that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, that's true. Angel Di Maria, Paul Pogba, Bremer. Those are good signings. Plus, uh, eventually. Chiesa will be back from his injury that he that he sustained. That's the game changer, yeah. Yeah, that that's that's big. I I think it's close though because Napoli I, I would put like fifth probably, just barely outside. And I think Atalanta I would put sixth. Okay. I I I looked back into their business. They 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 got some good some good players in. They just signed Lookman recently, who played well at Leicester last season. Uh, and they have uh, Demirol on a permanent deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe Good. it's just bias. <laughs> maybe, maybe. It probably is. I actually don't have Atalanta in my top six, which That's is fair. I, I think is fair. I don't given blame what, you. What we've seen from them in the past preseason and also. 538 last says they have a 42% chance of making the Champions League fourth best. I disagree with 538. Yeah, I don't think I say I, I that. Always, too often, I think I always think like their, their system always overrates like teams like Atalanta that are very like fluid and attack heavy. It's why they always. Overrate like Manchester City in the in the Champions League and stuff. Probably, or it's just but, that they're also good. You know. Yes. Yeah. That 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 is true. That is true. But but maybe not as pragmatic and as conducive to real world situations. But real world situations, I think Inter Milan are going to be back on top. Lukaku is back. You have all those signings that you mentioned. Very very good team. They're already like near up there to begin with. AC Milan second. The reason why that is is that hopefully Ziyech can go there, but because right now I don't really see any new game changers. And obviously, if you're not improving, you're falling behind. 
So they're relying on like more internal improvement in my mind from Liao, Tenali, Tamori, uh, Mike Mignon, and Gold to push them forward. So I think if they can get one of those game changers like a Hakim Ziyech, that really changes everything. Third on my team, I'm, I'm gonna put Napoli, and I'll 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 take one for the team. I'll, I'll fall on the Napoli uh, uh, grenade here. You know, Guisa, Oliveira. Good signings. They're already up there. I don't lose. Yes, losing Koulibaly uh, and others is tough. But you know, I, I I think in terms of where they were before losing those players, I don't know if like the other teams have made enough of an improvement to necessarily usurp them. I do actually have Juventus not in my top four, and this might be a hot take that really bites me in the in the butt. But I have Roma in fourth. I think Dybala is such a big game changer that I like it. I like it. That that it, it really like fundamentally changes this team. I think it's their biggest signing since the two thousands, even maybe early twenty tens. If I can remember, hey, a player. don't don't disrespect Tammy Abraham. Come on, Tammy Abraham is huge. I think that's why Dybala and Tammy Abraham linking up. Is that's going to be a lethal be, combo for Serie A. I, I said this before. That that's like a top top ten duo in the game right now. Legitimately, legitimately. So top four is definitely in their sights. Juventus, I'm sure they'll find a way to get in the top four, but uh, they brought they always in, uh, seem to. Yeah, they, they brought in Bremer, Di Maria, Pogba. You said it was good signings. Lost Delict, lost Dybal, like I said, Chiellini, Berndeschi, Ramsey. Who cares? But you know, like these are signings that they are gonna have to replace. Are they gonna get rid of McKenny? We'll see. Is Kiesa gonna be back in his game when he comes in? Vlahovic is obviously good, so you already have like a built-in good attack from there. So we'll see. I have Lazio after that. Uh, oh man, I forget. I forget about them. <laughs> I try to, but I, I yeah, think I do as well. I think, they're, I think they're a decent enough team to to be in that situation. So yeah. Jeff, we weren't able to talk about transfers. Uh, this well, we actually did talk a lot about transfers. Yeah. For I mean, we can. I, I can quick run through these because they're easy. Cucurella sure. to Chelsea, hot transfer. Ricky Puig to to uh, LA Galaxy, pretty hot transfer. Matt Miazga to FC Cincinnati, hot transfer for Matt Miazga. Uh, also good and for FC Chelsea Cincinnati, and Cincinnati. Holy crap. Yeah. Casper uh, Schmeichel to Nice, weird transfer, still pretty hot transfer uh, because they don't have Walter Benitez anymore. Benteke to DC United. It's all right. It's, it's also a weird transfer. It's a weird like, transfer. <laughs> it's it's no. another weird transfer. It, it made me like feel weird and inside. I don't know. Yeah, and AJ, I'll let you take the last one. Cornet to West Ham is a hot transfer. There you go. Yep, yep. That, <laughs> th- th- those are, those are all of them. That that's that's the quickest transfer hot or not you're gonna get, uh, right there. But I feel like those are all pretty good ones. Yeah. The there there's some weird ones. I don't there. I don't I I I have no idea how the Casper Schmeichel one materialized. But I mean, it did. After 11 years, man, you sometimes you want to take a, a vacation to, to, to Nice. Nice is know. a great place. It is a great place. It is. It to is. be honest. But South yeah. Shore of France, I'd love to go there. Right I, I'm now. not sure about Benteke swapping London for DC. I'm not sure if. I, I, I think I'd prefer. Would I prefer to London to DC? Possibly. I, I don't know. Hey, DC in the spring is beautiful. That's all awesome. True. That is true. <laughs> Uh, not during this time of year. It's very no, hot. Very, no, very it's hot. it's not great now. Unlike that transfer. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jack, people want to hear more from me because you're going to uh, uh, go on vacation. But up until you go hear from the both of us, talk about the Premier League, talk about uh, some of the cup games that are happening right now, talk about a lot of transfers as we wrap up uh, the transfer window. Where can they find us on the Twitter.coms? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Final Third Show. 
That's where we post uh, a lot of things, sometimes some memes, a lot of hot takes, uh, and sometimes serious stuff. You know, you, you, you get the full range yeah. uh, there, so yeah. you're going to so, want to check sometimes it out. Sometimes sadness when, when Jack stays up way way too late to watch Minnesota United lose up was going to be a lose losing game. It. The thing that makes it worse is Chiasi Zarda has got a hat trick against yeah. us. Maybe he's the lock for the World Cup. Maybe he is. Okay, okay. Let's, let's nah, not I, that's not, a joke. Let's that's a joke. Don't put that in the episode title. Don't uh, don't do that. I'm just uh, glad. I'm just glad that Michael Barrios didn't score on us because he's the the leading goal scorer against Minnesota United. Yeah, uh, he get an assist though. So yeah. Well, we kept one quiet. Yeah. Oh well. If you if you want to hear more about that, follow us on Twitter at Final Third Show. FinalThirdShow.com as well for a one stop shop about everything. Final Third Show. We'll see you guys Thursday or Friday for a Premier League preview, more in depth, uh, search for those mid table clubs. Uh, we'll see you guys same time, same place for next week's news and predictions episode featuring not Jack, maybe a guest, maybe it's just me ranting on. We'll see. We will see. Tell a friend about the show, tell your dad about the show. I'm sure he would love to hear Jack and I argue for 10 minutes about Tottenham Hotspur. All right, Jack. Uh, see you See you in two weeks. And listeners, we will see you. See Bye for now. You.